I would like to announce to you a new project that I'm involved in. And my friend Daniel Sharp here is going to ask me a few questions about it. Welcome, Daniel. Hello. Thank you for letting me uh, guest host this tour for tea. Your uh, your listeners will all disappear after this, I'm sure. But thanks for letting the gate crash. Um, well, yeah, I mean, the, the project that you mentioned is uh, a very exciting development in ARIO magazine's history. Uh, I'm a writer at ARIO as <laughs> well. Uh, just to make full disclosure. And on May the 3rd, Iona is taking over as editor-in-chief from Helen Pluckrose, who was editor from about 2018, I think. Um, August of 2017 is when Helen took over from the founder, Malhar Mali. Mm. And uh, yeah, I mean, she's uh, been a great steward, but she wants to concentrate on her new organisation, Counterweight, uh, so Iona is taking it into a new a new era. So uh, to to start then, uh, in case anybody's unfamiliar, I'm sure they won't be. But could you just give a, a, a an overview of Ario, its history, its spirit, and your personal involvement with it? Yeah, sure. So um, uh, maybe I'll start with the history rather than the spirit. Mm. So the magazine was founded. Um, in 2016, I believe 2016, by an Australian uh, writer called Malhar Mali, um, a very young guy. He's only 25, I think, almost as young as you. Oh, wow. Uh, I'm, get I'm, off I'm my bad. lawn. <laughs> and uh, then uh, he ran the magazine, um, and I actually wrote a few pieces while um, Malhar was still the editor. Uh, for the magazine. In fact, he commissioned me to write a film review, which was the first piece that I wrote for ARIO back in, I think, early 2017. And then um, Helen took over as editor and she purchased the magazine from Malhar because he decided he wanted to focus on um, his work. He's a tennis coach and he was also writing a novel. And so Helen took over in August of 2017, and she invited me to be her copy editor. So um, from 2017 until now, I've been doing the copy editing for almost all the ARIO pieces. And I have also um, written over 40 articles myself for the magazine. And now Helen is... um, a few months ago, Helen founded the organization Counterweight, which is an advocacy organization for people who are in trouble in their workplace because they in some way refuse to tow the critical social justice ideological line. Mm. Um, I'm not involved in Counterweight. Um, so um, Helen Helen is um, dedicating her time to that and she invited me to take over as editor-in-chief. So from the 4th of May, I will be running the magazine single-handedly. I'll be doing the commissioning editing, and I'll also continue to be the copy editor. Big uh, big moment then. Are you, are you excited about it or more nervous or both? Probably both. I toggle between states of excitement and utter dejection and panic. <laughs> well, that's the human condition, I suppose. <laughs> yes. Basically, <laughs> um, 
So Ario is, at least as Helen and I have redefined it, as Helen has redefined it, and this is something I will, a spirit I will continue, Ario is a, a universal liberal humanist magazine. And I think all three parts of that are important. The universal part. So, for example, I firmly believe that anybody can hold a valid opinion on anything, um, mm. independently of their race, race in quotation marks, if you believe in that concept, ethnicity, nationality, religion, um, country of origin, sex, sexuality, gender, etc. Anyone can have a clear, well-argued, and valid opinion on any subject. And also everyone is of equal value. Mm. So I don't believe in prejudging people by their membership of any group. And I am in general much less interested in generalizations about groups. Those can occasionally be those can occasionally be fun and enlightening, but I am much more interested in subjects that are of universal relevance to us as we're struggling along here on this planet that might be more pressing in some places and to some people than others, but are basically about being human here in the world. By being, by, uh, by groups, um, just to clarify, you don't mean uh, groups as in uh, the Ku Klux Klan, you mean groups as in immutable characteristics or... Exactly, or difficult to change characteristics, let's say. Yeah. Because your nationality and religion and things like that can, of course, be changed. Mm -hmm. But um, characteristics that are immutable or close to immutable and which for you define who you are. Mm. So I'm interested in looking at arguments on their own merits. Um, that So that is the... Um, that is our ethos, mm. and in a general default stance of compassion and attempts to understand. Yeah, um, I mean, I can say that uh, is a very good spirit to have. Uh, that's why I also am a part of Ario Magazine, uh, much lower rung. But I think I think there's a good uh, there's a, a space for that, and a much uh, a space that really needs to be filled in um, on that front. Uh, you know, a lot of people of certain ideological persuasions would sharply uh, draw their breath when you said anyone can have an opinion on anything, regardless of uh, of their identity. So, yeah, I think it's a it's a very important uh, space to have these sorts of discussions. I think also that Ario has developed certain niches, mm. certain, I guess, ecological niches in the media ecosystem. For example, we publish a lot of academics who are either quote-unquote dissident academics um, who are arguing against the status quo of their field or of academia in general in some way, or who just wish to talk about their scholarly subject in a way that will reach a wider audience, both because we're not obviously a paywalled academic journal and also because 
we don't publish things that are written in migraine-inducing acad- academies. <laughs> no gobbledygook and, and jargon. Ario pieces are not dumbed down in any way, but the writing needs to be succinct, lively, and engaging. And it's my job as the copy editor also to ensure that if that's not the case to begin with in the initial draft, it is the case by the time we publish. Mm. But it's so, not um, um, yeah. academics, I should, you should say. It's, uh, it's not just for academics, anyone. No, no, no. I, uh, um, I, <laughs> yeah, no, not at all. So that, that's, that's one particular niche we have. Um, and another is criticisms of critical social justice ideology, but critiques of social justice ideology that are not inflammatory or dismissive, that are not trying to demonize or humiliate or caricature people who are arguing in favor of social justice ideas. So I expect writers to steel man their opponents, their ideological opponents, and I expect there to be a lack of vitriol or hysteria. I don't want um, scaremongering. Mm. I want people to retain a sense of perspective. So those are two niches we've traditionally had, but we have published a lot of other voices from left and right, moderate, reasonable, and well-argued pieces from people on both left and right including um, a few people from the social justice left also. So one thing that's important to me is that there is a right of reply, and therefore we're happy to publish, if they're well-written, if they're not character assassinations, but well-written engagements with the arguments, I'm very happy to publish rebuttals of pieces that have appeared in our own magazine, including rebuttals of my own ideas, my own specific um, articles and arguments Ario is not my mouthpiece, and I am certainly happy to publish views with which I disagree. I'm also really happy to see Ario be a place where intelligent people, intelligent, thoughtful people who have something to say about a particular issue, but who are not necessarily professional writers, can find a voice and can find a home for their pieces. And we have, over the years, Helen in particular has nurtured a lot of young budding writers and taken those people from being people who've never published anything in a journal before to very confident and established um, writers. And we've also published pieces by people who are able to give us insights into the particular into their particular sphere of life and that those people are by definition not writers mm. um they are uh, they are dedicated to um some other profession and they're giving us their view of things so it's really not uh it's not in any way posh or highfalutin and in fact I am absolutely allergic to turgid, overcomplicated, jargon-filled, obscurantist writing. Mm. So it's a broad, it's a broad church within within those limits. Um, within as long as you have a good argument, an interesting argument, uh, then it doesn't matter what 
what a area on the spectrum you're from or, or what you want to what you want to say it's uh it's about good writing and good arguments essentially Absolutely. And not all the articles are political either. And I want to expand our arts and culture and science sections. Mm. And I would like ideally to have uh, one day be our science and tech day and one day be our arts and culture day, one day of the week mm. for well, each. That um, brings me into something I was I was about to ask. Um, the handover is on May the 3rd, isn't it? Or May the 4th? Third uh, of May, yes. Yeah. Um, so yeah, have you? I mean, one is a specific question. Do you have any big plans for for the handover uh, or for that month in general? And secondly, and more generally, um, what will the Italia era look like in comparison to the Pluck Rose era? Will it be? <laughs> there's, there's no revolutionary um, uh, difference, uh, as you've just said. The spirit is very much going to be uh, the same, but you have some things that you would like to focus more on, perhaps. Yes. So first of all, the other thing that ARIO stands for or and um, the value that I think is the singular most important value in any form of journalism is free speech. Mm. And I, in the second week of May, um, I am going to have a free speech week and I've been commissioning pieces by a number of, of of the best writers that I could find to contribute pieces on free speech from a variety of different angles. And my plan is to use that to raise awareness of the issue, to showcase the good the the good writing that we have in the magazine, and also to create a portfolio to um, pitch to fund potential funders, and potentially also to republish that with the author's permissions, of course, as an anthology. Mm. So that's my plan for um, May. And I would mostly, I would really like ARIO to expand and grow. And at the moment, it's quite a tall order because. Um, Ario's funding is in terribly dire straits. Maybe we should talk about that in a moment. Mm -hmm. And I need to turn that around and already am turning that around. But my plan is, I, I mean, I feel there is so much untapped potential in the magazine. I would like us to have a more an international section. I would like there to be, um, I would like to be able to pay writers more so I can, um, Attract some excellent, some excellent writers, but people who really, because it's their profession, they cannot afford to write for, um, to write for token sums mm. more, more than perhaps very occasionally, because some professional writers have written for us, for us for much less than their usual rates because they support the magazine and they think it's a good place to be published, which is, which is wonderful. Um, and very gratifying, but I would like to remunerate writers properly as a long-term stretch goal. I would also like um, to widen out the focus, and but but keep that emphasis. So um, Helen has felt that it's important to maintain a balance between left and right-wing voices within the magazine. And we do tend to have a preponderance of 
left-leaning uh, voices. Mm. I don't really feel the same way. I feel that con- thoughtful conservative voices should definitely be welcomed, definitely be welcomed. Um, also, people from the social justice left, which is not our our main stomping ground, should also be welcomed. I think that we should celebrate anybody who is keeping the lines of communication open. Mm. Um, I don't want us to become an echo chamber or be factionalized, but I'm also not worried about keeping some kind of precise balance. I think that our at the heart of our pers- personality as a journal is is this kind of left, slightly left leaning and centrist liberal humanist slant. Mm. And that doesn't mean that all individual articles have to take that slant, but I'm okay if that is, I'm okay if with a, a slant developing. I don't feel it's necessary to try to weigh up and balance and get an exact, um, get, get an exact parity between left and right voices. Well, I think that's um, something I've, I've noticed on Twitter sometimes is people who uh, criticize you or Helen or Ario um, and are annoyed by some article and your response as well. Write, write an article <laughs> in response. Write your own opinion. Yes, uh, we, yes. We'd, we'd, want, we'd, we'd want you to do that. Yes, absolutely. Um, I, I As the copy editor, I haven't had... Uh, so much control over what we published, um, but I was all I'm. I'm willing to vouch for everything that we published under Helen's under Helen's leadership, even though we published a lot of things that I personally did not agree with. Um, I think there's a big difference between this argument deserves to be heard, and this is an argument that I agree with. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I think there's also a big difference between, I think this person is very wrong and I think this person is very evil. Mm. I I don't feel that enough people make those kinds of distinctions. So what I want to see in an article is that it's enjoyable to read, i.e. the writing is good, and that it generally enriches the discourse. It's a, it's a, a good contribution to the conversation helps us to think things through, even if we don't agree. Mm. Well, to come back to um, uh, to to your sort of era, I don't know if you have any uh, more sort of con like in terms of content. If you have any uh, specific things that you kind of want to branch out to or to focus more on, I think you said international coverage. You would like to do more of, uh, but is there anything anything else? One thing in particular is that I would love to have a regular India section, um, maybe not weekly, maybe once a month, I, but we'll see how that pans out. But there is a real, there is increasing um, pressure. There are increasing pressure, pressures on Indian journalists and the, the free speech, freedom of speech situation in India is looking increasingly dire. And so I would like ARIO to be a space where liberal Indian voices can be heard. Mm. I think that's, uh, yeah, I mean, that's also a nice space to carve out, I suppose, as to um, not just specifically um, India, but uh, whenever there's 
voices that need to be heard, uh, you can you know try and champion those a bit. Uh, whether that changes in a few months and there's some other situation which requires that focus, I think yeah, it's good to good to have that flexibility. Yeah, yeah. Um, it's really it's not that common to find. Um, I mean, thoughtful, well-written pieces aren't um, don't abound in today's journalism. Let me put it that way. Mm. So anybody who can write well and thoughtfully um, about any given topic, I'm very unlikely to reject their article mm. on the grounds that it doesn't, on the grounds of its political slant, um, unless it's some, unless it's very extreme. I wouldn't. I wouldn't accept, for example, any far, you know, anything that was a argument in favor of far right governments or fascism or something like that. But um, if the argument is persuasive, even if it doesn't persuade me personally or or I don't agree personally, if it's well written, if it's calm, if it's reasonable, then then it seems to me worth publishing. Mm. Well, the the. So the limits are quite uh well there there aren't many limits essentially uh, in terms of content but since you mentioned funding uh that's probably the main limit I suppose to what can be published so yeah you mentioned uh that uh, financially uh work needs to be done so I don't know if you want to talk a little bit about that about yes. the situation and, and your plans and ideas on it Yes sure so I'm going to be completely frank and also just give figures and I have talked about this openly on Twitter already. Um, so under Helen's leadership, we've talked about this both privately and publicly, and she knows I'm going to say this. Um, Helen is Helen has been a fantastic editor, and she's a wonderfully creative, principled person. But she absolutely hates raising money, asking for money, marketing or dealing with anything to do with finances. I mean, she's not alone in this. This is really common among creative people. And mm. I would say it's not even so much that she's loath or reluctant to do this or that she's unwilling to. She's almost unable to. I mean, she just can't. Everything in her being rebels against it. And as a result, um, God bless the people who are already who were supporting us on Patreon um, under Helen's gubernatorial period, because um, very little was done to reward them, because there was just very little focus on that side of things. And then, of course, Helen became busier and busier with other projects. First with the um, Sokol hoax, yeah. then with a book, then with Counterweight, and. Um, so those kinds of things that are really difficult for her to do and which she had no no real assistance in doing um, didn't happen. And as a result, we have been living off um, a one-off grant that we were given a, a couple of years ago, which has almost run out now, plus um, our Patreon funding, which when... when um, at the point when we decided on the handover was at $1,300 a month. Now, we were putting out um, between 
10 and 15 articles a week. And we pay writers $50 for a normal article. And we pay $50 for a normal article. And I think it's $80 or $90 for the feature. Mm. Um, And so if you add that up, if you do the maths, you will find that the cost of paying the writers alone comes to less than, comes to more than the Patreon funding Mm. of 1,300. And Helen also paid me for copy editing. She paid me at about half my normal copy editing rates because money was tight. And she herself did the commissioning edit, the, the commissioning editing, which she did in a really, really, um, conscientious and quite labor-intense way, often working with writers on multiple drafts before they even got to the copy editing stage. And she did all of that pro bono. And she basically was able to fund herself from her husband's income. He is a forklift truck driver. They're not wealthy, but they do own their own house, very small house in Essex. I have stayed there. Um, And she also receive some royalties from the book now and from and sometimes fees from speaking engagements and things. So she was able to live very modestly. I mean, we're talking kind of working class lifestyle. Um, she, but she was able to live without drawing money from Ario. So that's how it worked up until now. And the mismatch was huge. I mean, some of our popular articles are getting hundreds of thousands of views. And um, nevertheless, we had only $1,300 coming in a month. Mm-hmm. And that's completely unsustainable. So even if I cut back on the number of articles we're publishing, nevertheless, to run the magazine, I'm going to be running it for the time being single-handedly, and that is a more than full-time job. I will have to do the commissioning editing. I will have to continue doing the copy editing myself, um, all of it until such times I have funds to hire a professional copy editor to help me, and um, and also all of the other bits and bobs like putting together the images and formatting for WordPress, sorting out technical issues, doing our taxes, um, doing our banking, paying writers, managing our social media accounts. Um, all of that together amounts to very much a full-time job. And I do not have another independent source of income. So for it to be sustainable for me, Ario needs to pay me a living wage. And I also need to be able to pay writers at at least the current rates. And my long-term ambition is to pay writers a lot more than we're currently paying because I I think writers are drastically under-rewarded for what they do and the work that they've produced has been amazingly high quality. And um, so my I'm on a drive at the moment to get Ario into a, into a financial state in which it is healthy, viable, and sustainable. Mm. And um, to do that, I'm encouraging people, first of all, if you are listening to this, you enjoy reading ARIO, um, then please consider subscribing to either our Patreon, or we now have a Subscribe Star account, 
We also have Substack and Ghost if you want to make a... The Substack and Ghost newsletters are really if you want to make a small, like a $5 or $7 contribution, and you don't care about getting too many patron rewards. You just want to contribute to the magazine. That's one way of doing it. Um, We have PayPal for one-off donations. But I would encourage most people, if you can to consider giving $10 to our Patreon or to our Subscribestar monthly, which is a relatively small amount for each individual, but uh, could make a life or death difference to us in the aggregate. Mm. And um, if you cannot, then please encourage other people to do so. Please share those links widely. And in addition, I am I'm going to be, once I have the free speech, issue together, which I'm using as a portfolio, I'm going to be um, pitching funders. I'm going to be applying to Y Combinator. I'm going to be pitching every kind of funder I can think of who might be interested in a magazine dedicated to free speech and liberal values. Mm. And if anyone is listening uh, who would be who's uh, well off and would be interested in that, then to get in touch. Yes, please do. People say, if you're rich, uh, <laughs> come and come and talk to us. Uh, and finally, I'll I'll apply for uh, who wants to be a millionaire or something. <laughs> um, and finally, there are other um, there are other options if if that doesn't work. Um, I'm open to the idea of advertising. I'm not going to put paid posts in there, you know, advertorials or mm. things that look like they're articles, but are actually advertising posts. I think that's quite unethical, but I'm open to overt advertising, i.e. buy our product. Mm. Um, And um, finally, if none of these options work, there are the options to um, paywall ARIO or paywall after a certain number of articles or move it to a paid Substack model. Um, which is what Arc Digital have recently done. Mm. But I would, my preference is to keep ARIO completely public because I would like the articles to be read as much as possible. And if I do paywall the magazine, I'm going to use a, um, I'm going to use a model which allows um, subscribers to share full links. But nevertheless, my preference is that Anybody can read any and comment on any article. I would like the I would I feel as though that's the most um that's the most rewarding thing for me and for our writers to get our pieces read as widely as possible. Mm. And I also understand that um many people don't read a specific magazine. They read articles from a huge number of different publications on many different topics. And Therefore, I want that person to be able to, who is in Hong Kong, to be able to pull up an article on Hong Kong without having to get past a paywall for our magazine. So this is my appeal to you. Please help keep us afloat. And I have added rewards to the Patreon and Subscribestar. Um, and I should explain to subscribers to this podcast that it's going to continue to be possible to subscribe to this podcast separately from the magazine. 
And I offer a very cheap subscription to this podcast. You can subscribe for only $1 a month. It's nominal. I'm hoping people will subscribe for more. But if somebody really wants to listen um, to full episodes, they only have to put in $1. Um, but I will also make full episodes available to ARIO patrons um, with a week's delay from the $10 um, patron level upwards. And um, and as they come out from the $15 um, patron level upwards. Mm. And I would just implore you, if you're subscribed to ARIO and to the um, podcast, please don't drop one of them because right now <laughs> I am, <laughs> I'm just trying to keep everything surviving. Um, and there will be other perks. So there's also going to be a live stream, um, for, uh, ARIO patrons where I'll be interviewing um, writers and uh, there will be a newsletter and there are a few other perks. And notably, um, and one person has signed up for this already, it's going also going to be possible to sponsor writers. So in consultation with me, at the higher levels of patronage, you can sponsor an article a month by um, a writer of your choice, that money will go directly to the writer. And I already have somebody sponsoring me, so I will be writing an article each month, paid for not out of Ario's pocket, but um, but by an absolutely lovely patron. Ah, well, I I, I I appeal for a sponsor of my own then. <laughs> yes, absolutely. Um, charity adverts you can sponsor. Um, <laughs> Someone should definitely sponsor Daniel. I think it's a nice way to, um, for people to be able to support their favourite writers. Hmm. And that money won't just go into the general kitty, but I will give that directly to the writers. Hmm. Well, I think, I mean, you'll put all the uh, links um in the show notes, uh, I'm sure. So if you if you want to check that out, then you'll be able to get those links pretty easily. Uh, that- I will. And could I just say that um, everyone, please be a bit patient with me, because I have never run any kind of publication before. Um, so then, you know, I'm I'm working out as I go along, and I'm open to suggestions and feedback. But if anyone can do it, I'm sure you can. Uh, and there seems to be a lot of options, so I'm pretty optimistic. Let's hope. Fingers crossed. That leads me on to my last question, uh, which is, uh, well, it's a question in, in two parts, really. Uh, what, what, uh, do you have a long-term goal, a dream that you'd like to achieve? And related, uh, but perhaps a bit more uh, speculative, is... Uh, if you had all the money in the world and all the contacts and everything you could ever need to run a magazine, uh, what would what would Ario look like to you on, under that? Uh, if you if you could do whatever you wanted with with no uh, restrictions, what's the dream? What's the dream? Oh my goodness! So, um, the dream would be that we would make the the absolute best writers in the um of the the best writers possible. Um, I, we would have regular correspondence, and it would still be open to anybody who wants to write to us, write for us, um, and we would be able to pay them sums they could not refuse. 
And I would also be able to employ a professional image person, um, a design person to make the magazine look beautiful. I would love to have a print, a glossy print edition, maybe just for patrons or something. Um, I would, um, I would love to do the podcast. I, I would love to do this podcast or perhaps a dedicated ARIO podcast every day. <laughs> Joe Rogan style. <laughs> and, um, yeah, I would, that, w- that would be just wonderful. I, um, you know that I'm a Zoroastrian and, mm. um, famously we have this tripartite injunction, um, which is the good thoughts, good words, good deeds. And I would, it would be incredibly satisfying to feel that I could be part of putting more good words out into the world where they are badly needed. Mm. I think that's a good, that's a good dream. That's a good uh, strap line actually for, for the magazine. Um, <laughs> so I, I, do, you, do you have anything else that you wanted to put across that I've not asked? No, I don't think so. Um, oh, I would just say that um, I, already started appealing to people um, to join our Patreon. And there's already been a lot of success. So as we're speaking today, it's been about 10 days since I started that. And the Patreon has grown from 1,300 to um, around 3,100. Excellent. So that shows that it can be done. And I think the minimum amount necessary to run the magazine, i.e. to pay writers at current rates and pay me enough that I'm able to continue doing this because I will have to give up my other freelance work and I'll be reliant on this and I have to pay my rent and things. I live in London. Um, Mm. I think the minimum is 9,000 a month. Um, And that's a very bare bones version. But on that amount, I could keep it going, and I would. It would also be. It would also show funders, more major funders, that I mean business, and that the magazine is read and valued. Um, and so, um, this is very much. It's very much a doable thing. I need everybody to, who can to get on board with it, but it can be done. And it's early days yet. And we're already seeing success. That's what we, yeah. We need, uh, Ario needs you. We need one of those Kitchener posters. Uh, <laughs> Ario needs okay. you. Well then, on that note, um, I will just once more appeal to the listener to to uh, help out if you want to help out. And if you can't help out, please do uh, contribute or share. Uh, and, and if you want to write for Ario, then you'd also be more than welcome. And I just absolutely. Wanted, I just wanted to finish off with uh, a sort of metaphorical toast uh, to Helen uh, and to Ario, and of course to you, Iona, and to the future, which I, I think will be bright. Let's hope so. Thank you, thank you so much. Well, I'm going to give it my best shot. Wonderful. Thank you, Daniel. Thank, thank you. you, everyone, for listening, and have a wonderful week. <laughs>